I just want to say, for example, the Buddha doesn't really tell us the way things are, but he's giving us different guidelines how we can experience it for ourselves. So the teaching is not descriptive, but rather prescriptive. And then if we follow the prescription, like if we follow the prescription of the doctor, you know, then there's a, a possibility that we, we, get, we get healthy through that. And, uh, you know, just looking at the prescription and then not following it doesn't do much, you know. Just reading the prescription and not really kind of following it doesn't have an effect. And that, that's the same, you know, with the Buddha's teaching. Just getting stuck on the words is not enough. And it's a good beginning, but it's, it's like a signpost. But then we have to just follow the post the signpost and then we're gonna benefit you know from the effects of that and I just wanna you know start with uh, just a, in the beginning we're just gonna do the body parts and then go to the elements afterwards and then go to further, you know, further to uh, liberation, temporary liberation of the mind and then at the end coming back to impermanence. So find a posture you can sustain for like 30-40 minutes. And, you know, the meditation about body parts is first foundation of mindfulness. And there's a very simplified version of it where we just, you know, becoming aware of skin and then flesh and then bones. So we just start on the top of the head and becoming aware of, or maybe the, in your case, because you have hair, the face. And becoming aware of the skin. And you probably feel the coolness of the air on your skin. And then from the head down the neck. And then the two shoulders, you probably feel you know, the clothes on the skin. And then just sweeping down the both arms and the torso. And just being aware of skin. And the hips. The upper legs. Just simply being aware of skin touching the clothes, knees, lower legs, and feet. So that's skin.
then we are becoming aware of flesh, which is just underneath the skin, and starting with the feet. Then the lower legs. Just by pouring awareness, you know, into the flesh. Knees. Upper legs. area torso the hands the arms shoulders, and the head, flesh, and then we come to the next layer which is bones, it's just underneath the flesh, <coughs> and becoming aware of the skull, the hardness of the skull. So the, the contemplation is like a direct, intuitive, you know, direct perception. And that's not done with the thinking mind, but it's done with the chitta, the heart mind. The heart mind is an organ of direct perception. Sky. Neck, the vertebrae, shoulders, then the spine, and the ribcage in the torso, hands. arms, and then the pelvis, the hips, the upper legs, the big bones, down over the knees to the lower legs and the feet. That's bones. And now we can sweep back up and uh, connecting with the body as elements and we're starting with the earth element which is structure. 
the quality of solidity and things having form. And you can connect with it by, you know, feeling your teeth or your fingernails. That's a direct experience of earth element of structure. And then sweeping up from the feet. Via the legs. The bellies. Yeah, into the torso with the ribcage and the spine. The hands and the arms and the shoulders the neck and the skull, earth element. Earth element internally and earth element externally are exactly the same. There's no difference. Outside it's the mountains and the rocks and inside it's the bones and the teeth. Then we start from the top of the head and connect with water element, which is in the flesh, as the blood. And the water element represents liquidity and uh, fluidity and cohesion. And its, its function is to bind. And as we get older, we dry up, we get wrinkled slowly. Water element kind of disappears a little at a time. So we can connect with the water element in the head, the blood and the tears, and the saliva in the mouth, and the water in the eyes. And then just come down the neck and the shoulders, the flesh there, and the flesh of the arms and the hands. the torso and there's many other liquids like phlegm and urine lymph sweat just scanning down the body to the pelvis and then where the legs coming to the feet water element Water element internally and water element externally is exactly the same. The, la- the rivers and the lakes, the rain and the oceans, tears and the urine, the flame and all liquids, they all have the same structure. They're all fluid, they bind. They are responsible for cohesion. Then we connect the next element, it would be the fire element. 
temperature and we can feel that mainly at the you know, where the skin touches out the, the space. In this case it's a coolness actually, but it's also a form of temperature. And the fire element represents heat and temperature and energy. And its function is to mature. So that's why as we get older we dry up a little bit slowly but surely, until you know you get completely dried up and go back to the earth. And the heat comes from the sun and we get it either directly through the sunshine or through eating, you know, eating food which also grows, which kind of holds sun energy. And so we can start with the feet Maybe on the foot soles you can feel some heat. And sweeping up the legs, the skin. And sweeping up through the torso. And maybe under your armpits you can feel the heat. And in the stomach, now the food is being digested. It's like producing energy. Then in the uh, palms of the hand, we can maybe feel a certain amount of heat sweeping up through the neck to the head. Maybe you can feel a certain amount of heat in the mouth. And then the coolness of the air from the fan. It's temperature and heat element. Internally and externally is exactly the same. And there's a constant exchange happening. For example, if you don't eat food for one or two months, the body cannot continue to keep operating. If we don't drink for two, three days, the body cannot continue. If we don't have heat for a few hours, the body shuts down. So there's a constant exchange <coughs> happening with the external elements. For the heat element, it's the sun, the star, which, you know, delivers that huge amount of energy to us. And then the last, no, it's actually not the last, the fourth element is air element. Represents movement and mobility and vibration. And it functions to move. The wind, sometimes also called wind element. And we can connect with it through the breathing. Or through the air around us. Breathing in and breathing out. And when you breathe in, there's <coughs> a whole movement going through the whole body. The chest expands and the air you know, goes. You can feel it if you're sensitive. You can feel it into the 
fingers and into the toes, the impress. And if you're just like two minutes or three minutes without air, the body cannot sustain itself. It, it's going to shut down. Breathing in and breathing out. And then the last element is the space element, which we can, you know, note in, in our mouth, the cavity of the mouth, the ears, the nostrils, the womb for the women. And then the space you know, around us, which doesn't end at the walls of this room. The space element internally and space element externally is exactly the same. You know, the contemplation like that can be like a direct experience of, you know, how unreal that actually is, you know, inside and outside. It's just a conventional truth, but ultimately there is no inside and no outside. Because there's a constant exchange happening and I've heard that, you know, within about seven years all of the elements, you know, or all of the cells of a body are, are kind of renewed, you know, exchanged through eating, breathing, drinking, and, you know, letting go of things, going to the bathroom, and in other ways as well. There's a constant exchange happening. And that's, you know, that's one way how we can understand that what's the concept of anatta, not-self, emptiness, empty of a self. And that insight, you know, is, if that is really deeply understood, that would be really the only way how we could prevent You know, people destroying themselves really through the way how we are relating to nature. That because we are born in a realm due to ignorance and you know surrounded by billions of people who don't even have time, you know, to think about doing a weekend retreat. That's also true.
you know, really kind of connecting with that paradox. You know, can bring up a lot of compassion actually in the mind. And the compassion, you know, which arises when we start to realize that, you know, as a civilization, we are actually not as advanced as we thought we were. And you know, the humility which comes from that acknowledgement. And I really like Ajahn Chah has a very succinct little saying, you know, if it shouldn't be like this, it wouldn't be. This is where we are, you know, as a species, and if it shouldn't be like this, it wouldn't be like this. Acknowledgement is peace, and then from that peace, we can all do something. And it's different for everybody.
you know, the Buddha, the Buddha's teaching doesn't have much uh, instructions how to deal with the climate emergency in terms of what to do, but there's a lot of wisdom in how to do it. Because it wasn't an issue at the time of the Buddha, as you all know, but the principles of, you know, how to be in relationship with others, in relationship with ourselves, and in relationship, you know, with the world outside of the skin. You know, how to be in relationship. That has not changed. And it's always the same, you know, take care of your own mind before you are going out doing something or saying something. Like in the aeroplane, you know, before you put on the oxygen mask on somebody else, put it on, on yourself first. Being aware of the, the breathing, the in and the out breath and the impermanence of that.
in a moment or so I'm going to ring the bell. Paying attention to endings again. You know, ending of a session of sitting, ending of a way of seeing things, ending of expectations, how things need to be, and then opening up to a much bigger process. 